1943, Marshall was eight years old, growing up in Detroit, Michigan, a Jewish boy who was getting beat up and kicked around. And his question at that point was, why do some people lose their compassion and other people, like Anne Frank, for instance, who was had to undergo horrible oppression, how could she hold on to her compassion? And that's what ORNCC is in the business of. We're in the business of getting back in touch with our compassion. And Marshall is uh, spearheading that, uh, that effort. And so I want to present Marshall Rosenberg. Nonviolent communication before. Most of you have been exposed. Okay, and uh, here's a question I always hate to ask, but get it over with. How many that were here yesterday went home and ruined good relationships practices? <laughs> Just two. I'm getting, either I'm getting better or the rest of you were chicken to try. <laughs> came back in Santa Barbara one time said, I went home and tried it last night and it didn't work. <laughs> I said, well, let's learn from it. What did you do? She said, I noticed my oldest son did not do some work around the house he said he would do. So I made a clear observation. I said, I see that you didn't do the work that you said you were going to do. I expressed my feeling and needs without criticizing him. I said, I'm disappointed because I have a need to trust that people will do what they say. And I made a clear request. I said, I'd like you to tell me if you'd be willing to go and do it. I said, sounds like the mechanics of nonviolent communication. Uh, what's the problem? She said, he didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, and I said, what did you do? And I said, you can't go through life being lazy and irresponsible. <laughs> I said, I'm glad we have another day. <laughs> I could see that uh, she didn't remember about empathy, but uh, more than that, I could see that I hadn't made clear the purpose of the process. She still thought that uh, the purpose is to get people to do what you want. So let me start again today by saying how important it is that we be conscious of the intention of the process. It's to create a quality of connection with people that makes it enjoyable for us to contribute to one another's well-being. See, that's what we're trying to do, create that connection. Yeah, I'll probably repeat it ten more times. Uh, but uh, 
The purpose is to create a quality of connection with people that makes it enjoyable for us to contribute to each other's well-being. I'll give you a song about it. A woman wrote a song about that intention, the quality of giving that I'm talking about. I think she says better in this song, but it takes me half a day sometimes to explain. The quality of giving we're trying to introduce with her to support. The song is called Given To. I never feel more given to than when you take from me. When you understand the joy I feel giving to you. And you know my giving isn't done to put you in my debt. But because I want to live the love I feel for you. To receive with grace may be the greatest giving. There's no way that I can separate the two. When you give to me, I give you my receiving. And when you take from me, I feel so given to. Notice that kind of giving is not giving to buy love. You're not doing it for the other person. You're doing it for yourself. You're not doing it to escape blame, punishment, guilt. You're not doing it out of duty or obligation. All these horrible things we have been taught to try to motivate people. No, it's natural. It's the thing that we human beings like more than anything else, to contribute to people's well-being. The only time it takes away from the joy is if we hear anybody criticizing us if we don't. If we expect that if we don't give people what they're wanting, we're going to get some criticism. It takes all the joy out of giving. To whatever degree we've ever experienced any punitive actions on the part of the other person, to that degree it decreases our joy in giving. That's why the poor parents who use any punishment with their children, they don't realize what a cost that is. Every punishment decreases other people's joy in giving. So, our theme this morning is intimate relationships. Is that what you all understand? Let's begin then by practicing how we can give the other person a precious gift, a person we're close to. Now as that song says, uh, we enjoy giving. So we're going to start by how to give a precious gift to the person you're the closest to. We're going to give them the gift of how they can make life more wonderful for you. Isn't that a wonderful gift when somebody says, hey, you know, and we're going to express this gift with Santa Claus energy. <laughs> you see, we're going to tell this person a need of ours that we 
isn't getting met in the relationship as well as we would like. And we're going to tell the person that, and we're going to tell them what we want so that our needs would be better met. Now, of course, if we uh, have been educated in a jackal world, we associate our needs with being needy or selfish. So we express our needs with a kick-me energy. Let me show you what I mean by a kick-me energy. Let's say I have many things on my mind I want to do, but I, I want my neighbor next door to see if she would, or he would stay with the children while I'm doing these tasks. So I go next door to the neighbor and I say, watch this energy. I know how busy you are, and I, I really hate to be a burden to you, but you see, I've got all of these, I've got a doctor's, and I have all these things scheduled, and I, and I really hate to bother you with this, and I know you, I know you have so many, but you know, I would really like some help, and would you be willing to sit with the children while I go? Now be honest, don't you want to kick me if you and then I see that look in your eyes if you want to kick me. And then this just furthers my belief. See, my needs are a burden. I don't realize that it's not that my needs are a burden, but by my experiencing them as something negative, I ask for what I want in an energy that provokes a circle. I, I, I then get a reaction back other than that that person's receiving a beautiful gift. Now, after today, after our session this morning, whenever you express your needs, you'll do it with a Santa Claus energy. So you're going to go to the neighbor if you want that, and you knock on the door, the neighbor comes, and you'll say, Ho, ho, ho! <laughs> you lucky neighbor! <laughs> I'm going to give you an opportunity to do what human beings love to do more than anything in the world. I'm going to give you a chance to contribute to my well-being. Now, don't you feel like a little child who couldn't be eager to open up the present? Don't you really? Okay, so here's going to be the exercise I'm going to suggest we start today. Um, I'm going to suggest that you write down how you would express a need that is not getting met as well as you'd like in the relationship, and how you would express that to the person you're the closest with, with a Santa Claus image. So after you've written it down, I'll give you a chance to play that role with me, and uh, I'll be the other person receiving this pressure. I'll give you about three minutes to write that down. How you would write that, how you would person you say it to. Let's let's hear how it sounds. 
one thing I would really like you to do for me that would make my life more wonderful and meet my needs for safety is to lock the gate after each time you're finished with your work. That's a wish. I, did, I didn't hear a request. I heard you wish. See, she, she ended on a wish. She said, one thing I'd like you to do. That's a wish. But she's talking to me now. She didn't end on a request. So what's your request of me? Uh, my request is to lock the gate. That's No, that's a wish. Oh. <laughs> that's in the future. That's, you're talking to me right now. So real important to know the difference between a need, a request, and a wish. If I say, I'd like you to go to the movie with me next week, that's a wish. That's what I'd like. Doesn't say what I want from you right now. We assume that that's implicit, that I'd like you to tell me if you want to do that. But don't assume that, because uh, if you don't add the, I'd like you to tell me if you'd be willing. The other person has what I call jackal ears. They're likely to hear that as a demand. Just because you want it, I'm supposed to have to do it. So let's hear what the request would sound like. Well, I'm wondering if you would be willing to listen to me right now about my needs for safety around the gate not being locked. Well, did you, did you want me to listen to it or did you want me to tell you if I'd be willing to lock the gate? Well, I would like, um, I, I would like to talk with you about my needs for safety. Would you like to know whether I want to listen? <laughs> See, you, uh, ended, I, you ended on another wish. Well, I See, would, notice the difference between I'd like to and I'd like you to tell me. We're much more likely to get what we want from other people if we end on I'd like you to tell me than I would like. Or if we don't get what we want, we're much more likely to find out why we don't get what we want. If you end on, I'd like you to tell me, rather than I would like. So let's try it again. What would you like from me right now? <laughs> um, I'm lost. <laughs> I would... I would like you to tell me if you would be willing to listen to me right now about my needs for safety. Do I have to? <laughs> no, you don't have to. If you if you listen to me, I would like you to do okay, it. Okay, okay, say it. What do you want to say? <laughs> <laughs> well. Now you know I didn't hear a need or a request. Now you know I heard a demand. See, that's how people respond when instead of, even if you say it with a Santa Claus energy, they can still hear a demand. And that's how people respond when they hear demand. Either no or okay. You're gonna pay either way. <laughs> So go ahead, what do you want to say? <laughs>
Let's trade roles. <laughs> If it's Mother's Day, I'm willing to do it. <laughs> Go ahead now, you be the other person. Oh, good. <laughs> uh, you know, I get uh, frustrated when uh, the gate is left open because I have a real need for safety that doesn't get met. Uh, would you be willing to take some time right now and talk with me about this? Okay. <laughs> Uh-oh, this might be the most dangerous jackal of all. <laughs> oh, I'm scared now, because this might be a jackal that doesn't, when they hear a demand, go, all right, they go like she did. Okay. Now, why that's the most dangerous one of all? One night when I was living in Texas, 2 a.m. in the morning, my doorbell rings. And it's, I get up, and it's a woman on my doorstep, eight months pregnant, pouring rain out. She's crying her First thing she says when I open up the door, my husband, get me out of the house. I said, come in, come in, come in. She's sitting down and says, we've been married eight years. Everything I've ever, ever asked him, he goes, yes, dear, yes, I'd be glad to, yes. And tonight I just asked him for a little thing and he says, get out. Well, I knew right away what I thought was going on. She was married to a nice jackal. <laughs> Who even when they hear a demand, they you love someone, you have to take care of them. <laughs> <laughs> I said to her, are you my neighbor? No, I live on the other side of town. <laughs> How did you get here? My mother was in a workshop with you last month and another <laughs> And I called her up and said, what should I do? And she said, I should come and talk to you. <laughs> so I called her husband and asked him to come over. I figured, why should I be up in the middle of the night talking to his wife while he's sleeping? I believe in revenge, you know. Yeah, he, he was just what I predicted. It was like, yes, dear, okay, yes. But he was doing it out of obligation, feeling that, you know, he wanted to make her happy, feeling he couldn't be loved if he didn't do what the other person wanted. A nice jackal, the most dangerous. So, I don't know, though. I'll, uh, now I have to decide from the tone of her voice, was that really a, a true yes? But I, I'll, I'll test it, okay. Now, the first thing I say to you then, now that we're sitting and talking, could you, I'm confused as to what keeps you from locking the gate, because I've told you more than once why it would be important to me, so can you tell me what keeps you from locking the gate? I forget, I'm in a hurry. Now I'm starting to guess all the more that he heard a demand. See, because we usually forget those things which we hear as a demand. They're the easiest to forget. I was working with some head nurses in the hospital in Brooklyn. They were very concerned with their staff because a frightening percentage of times they were not doing certain sterilization procedures. And the head nurses said to me, we tell them over and over again they have to do this. 
know that they, why this is necessary. I already knew why they didn't do it. Would you want to do anything for somebody who tells you things that way? See? It's all a joy out of giving if you feel a have to, should, ought, must. So the next day I met with the, hip, the regular nurses and I said, uh, it was brought to my attention yesterday that uh, X percent of time these procedures are not getting done. Are you aware of that? They said, yes, we're aware of it. <laughs> and uh, do you understand the purpose of these procedures? Of course, of course. People could die, if, you know, from infection. Okay. <laughs> could you tell me what keeps them from getting done? Now silence. And finally a brave nurse speaks up. Uh, we forget. See, we always forget those things which come at us as a demand. They're the easiest things to forget because our heart isn't in it. We only have in mind if we don't do it, the other person will freak out. But that's hardly a, a, a good motivation for doing things. So, uh, now I'm going to say a very sensitive message in nonviolent communication. Bullshit. <laughs> Back when it says forget it, see, uh, I forget. So, how do I say bullshit in nonviolent I'm not trusting that that's just what happens if you forget. I'd really like to explore how you feel about my keeping at you about this. Well, I'm just in a hurry and I'm doing the best I can and I've got a lot of things on my mind and I have to run from here to there and sometimes it really does just slip my mind and because I've got my mind on the next thing I have to do. Uh, I'd like you to tell me if you have any annoyance at my nagging at you for this. <coughs> yeah, it's just kind of irritating because I yeah. just don't seem to measure up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what would we have to do so you could remember to do it with the joy of a little child feeding a hungry duck? <laughs> but there was none of this other junk in there about, you know, I'm going to be upset with you if you don't. What would, what would it take for you to do it with the joy of a little child feeding a hungry duck? Um, I, I, I just want to be able to make mistakes sometimes and not have it be a big deal. You've done it often enough. You should know by know you. <laughs> so I'm joking, but I want to hear that. I don't want to cover over. So I'm hearing that there's some resentment on your part of wanting more acceptance and, and less fear of judgment if you don't do everything as I would like. Yes. Uh, I'm glad we're talking about this. How could I tell you that I'm irritated as hell without you hearing a criticism? <laughs> That's hard for me. But I don't think we can have the intimacy we want unless we can get to that. That's why it's important for me. 
until I can express my pain and you receive it as a gift and my, and my request as a request, not a demand, I doubt that we can have the intimacy we want. How do you feel when I tell you that? I feel sad. Me too. Me too, because I'm afraid of how much we're not sharing because we're afraid of it being heard as criticism or demand. So, I'm glad to know we're talking about this now. Okay, any questions, reactions to this dialogue? I have a question. What if it is a demand? Then you're nuts. <laughs> if you make any demands, you've got to be nuts. Because first of all, even if you make a demand, the other person doesn't have to do it. So that's why it's nuts to make demands. Second, if the person does do it, you're going to pay for it. Anytime a person hears a demand, you'll pay for it. So what could be nuttier than making a demand? So what if it's your partner making the demands? And you don't, the partner you don't, doesn't believe in this. You don't hear it. You don't hear a demand. You know you don't have to do anything just because somebody else says you have to. So you don't hear demands. The more desperately it sounds like an order, you don't hear an order or a demand. You just hear how desperate the person is. They've got some needs that aren't getting met. If you use nonviolent communication, you never hear any criticism or demands. It's not good for you to hear any criticism or demands, and it's deadly for the other person if you hear criticism and demands. When people uh, most need you not to hear criticism and demand is when they're making criticism and demand. <coughs> yep, let's get you a mic. When you said uh, that forgetting um, it's a result of hearing a demand. I wondered about forgetting things behind or keys or forgetting. Oh, there can be a, you know a lot of things on our mind at times that we do skip some. I'm talking about something that somebody else asked us to do repeatedly, and we keep forgetting. Uh, that's the one I was talking about. I was hoping I'd figure out why I my purse behind all the time. <laughs> Because you want somebody else to pay for lunch. <laughs> well, it seems that uh, in our relationship, I'm the great forgetter. Uh -huh. This has been going on for uh, a number of years, and uh, I actually had a little uh, go around with it yesterday. Um, I'm at the point where. Uh, Anytime I hear anything at all, I immediately hear a demand, even if it's uh, spoken in NBC. And uh, yeah. I need to learn how to get past that. Yeah, let's work on that. You have a disease I call maleitis. <laughs> <laughs> I have it too. My partner said to me one time, you could read demands into a rock. <laughs> I said, only if I love it. <laughs> So let's uh, 
So I, I'm your partner. I'm glad we're talking about this. It's so painful to me when I have two choices with you. I either don't ask for what I want and then I don't get it, or I ask for it and you hear a demand and then it creates stress between us. I'm desperate about that. How do you... F uh, you know, I'm playing the role poorly? No. So how do you feel when I tell you this? I was better at what? If you were uh, better at expressing what it is that you, and I know I'm not using NBC. No, you don't have to because I have giraffe ears on now, and oh, when okay. I have giraffe ears, even when you're communicating in your usual obnoxious way, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> All I can hear are gifts from Santa Claus. <laughs>
you don't really want to do it, and you don't even realize you don't want to do it, and then you forget. I mean, how do you well, get in touch, the first step of getting in touch with your feelings and needs in the first place? By stopping before you say yes, and really looking inside to make sure if you say yes, it's with the joy of a little child feeding a hungry duck. And Don't ever agree to anything unless you can do it with the joy of a little child being <coughs> a hungry duck. And the second part of my question, um, I'm wondering if if I make a request and I feel like I'm pretty, you know, careful with my words and making a request and I get silence and I don't get an answer, maybe... If you have giraffe ears on, for those of you who have not been with me before, <coughs> We use giraffe as a symbol for nonviolent communication. If the other per the other person cannot be silent, because even the silence is a loud screaming message. Even silence is an expression of feelings and needs at that moment. So you hear the feelings and needs being expressed through the silence. Yeah. see their 28-year-old daughter who was in a mental hospital. I said, okay, uh, bring her into my office. Oh, but but she, she's in a hospital. She hasn't talked for days. She just sits staring at the floor. Yeah, I, okay, bring her in. Take, take her out of the hospital? Yeah. It's hard for me to teach a person giraffe when they're in a jackal institution that pretends like there's such a thing as mental illness. Get them out of that environment as soon as you can. So they walk in with her, each under her one arm, because she wouldn't have walked in by herself. So now she's sitting in a chair looking at the floor. So very loud message seems to me when I said hello, and no response. So why don't you practice putting on giraffe ears? What do you think she was feeling? What? Here. Scared. So see if you have giraffe ears on, you start to sense what the person's feeling. They don't have to say it. I said, are you feeling scared and need some assurance that you'll be safe in here? <laughs> now another message. I'm guessing she's so scared even to let me know she's scared. I said that. Is it scary even to let me know you're scared? And I expressed my feelings and needs. I'm confused at the moment. I'd like some clarity about whether you're hearing me or not. If, you could, if I could just know you're hearing me, I would meet my needs. Would you shake your head if you're hearing me? Another loud message. I'm guessing she's so scared even shaking her head is right. So I said that. I'm guessing that shaking your, even shaking your head is scary. Is that what's going on? Yeah, I, I just guess I'm sensing just a deep fear. You just need to be with me and be sure that it's safe to be here before you talk. Forty minutes later. I'm really exhausted. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'd like some rest. How about if we get together again tomorrow? Would you be willing to do that? Yeah, if you don't say anything, I'll ask your parents to bring you back. Day two. <laughs> Day three. Day four. <coughs> Finally, on day five, a new message. I was ready for a new message. <laughs> you talk about the same thing for a while. You'd like, like to change the topic. Yeah. So this time, her message is still a silent one, but not totally silent, because she turns her face away from me and goes, does this right up toward my nose. So put your giraffe ears on. What is she feeling? Annoyed? That's what I guessed. So I said, are you feeling annoyed and you just want to be left alone? It's the first time she responds other than the silence. But she keeps doing this. I said, well, I'm really confused and I don't understand this message. Can you help me? Finally, I figured it out. She had a message for me in her hand. But you talk about ambivalence. I had to, I had to pry open her face. Please help me express what's going on inside. See? We were communicating these four days. She needed that much time to feel that it was safe to be with me. She felt that I understood her fear. So even though she said nothing, I had to draft ears on it. It's a very loud message. Sometimes I'm torn whether to back to that original exercise. Talk right Claus, into the mic if you hold the mic okay. up like that. With that Santa Claus feeling of, well, ho, 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 I've set aside some time for you to listen to me and to express some interest <laughs> in what I have to say. This is a, this is a great opportunity for you. <laughs> again, that's all you ever do is criticize. Well, what I have to say is not criticism. Yeah, that's what you say, but it's a criticism that puts it in it. 
try that. <coughs> you never listen anyway. Why should we talk? out of the other person's okay. need. If you are not around, I can still get my need for understanding that. There's six billion people. So I don't have a need for you to listen. I have a need to be understood. And I would like it from you, but that leave that leave aside the strategy. So yeah, that's it. Are you feeling irritated because your need for understanding doesn't get met? Yeah. Okay. Any other question you want to ask about that? When do we get back to you listening? <laughs> if you if you empathize with that, we're well on our way. We're well on our way. When we hear the reason behind a no, we're well on our way to getting everybody's needs met. If we hear a no as a rejection, as defensiveness, then we're far from getting our needs. A no is a precious message if we translate it into the need that it's trying to express. So here, the reason I didn't want to listen, I was saying no, was an expression of a need to protect myself from the frustration I've had in the past when we've talked and I didn't get my need for understanding that. So if you have giraffe ears on, you will see that. You will then see ways in which we can both get our needs met. No is one of the most important messages to see the beauty in. If you hear the truth behind a no, it will always be a precious message. But if you hear it as a rejection, misery comes. There is no such thing as rejection in giraffe land. There is no such thing as a person not wanting to or not being willing to. We don't hear those things. We hear the need, the good reasons why a person is choosing not to do that. Okay? Yeah. Pardon? You don't believe it. You don't believe what? I just don't believe it. It's just not my experience. If don't believe what? Um, if you hear like hundred times a good reason behind a no again and again. But give me one example where you heard the good reason. Then we'll work on that. What's one time you heard the no? Well, the old time issue if I ask my partner or request time, there's always a I have to, I can't. I just that seems that my need for autonomy is still not being met. I still don't have the trust that if I might don't agree to do what you want, that I will receive unconditional acceptance. 
unless a person trusts that if they don't do what you want, they will get unconditional acceptance. They'll hear your request as a demand. Can life conditions be just the way it just doesn't work? What do you mean? Well, one person really never has time, and another person no, always no, requests. I'm saying that that's not the issue, not having time. I'm predicting that the issue is the person's hearing a demand. And I'm saying as long as a person hears a demand, they never have time. We never have time to do demand, to fulfill demand. Or if we have the time, we don't have good energy in doing it. We do it, but we do it with an energy that people pay for. So I just gonna listen a little more. Okay. Marshall. Uh, talking about the forty words you're laughing, you know me and I love to talk. And Craig is not such a talker. And so this is what I wrote and I have a specific question about it after I tell you. Okay. Uh, I'm excited about something I'd love to share with you, and I have a need to connect with you. Would you be willing to listen with me, uh, to me, and have communication about it? And my question is, is it prudent to say, would you be willing to listen to me for 10 minutes, but what if it takes more than 10 minutes? I mean, should I couch it in a time frame? If I'm him, can I play his role? Sure. Okay. I'd be glad to talk with you if whenever I'm not enjoying your words and I raise my hand, you'd stop. How does that feel? It feels good. <laughs> <laughs> I do anyway. I do anyway. I stop listening. Yeah. So, I mean, what if we just bring that out on the table so you know when, when your words stop nourishing me and start to be addressed? That's great. It fills it fits my uh, fills my need to know that he heard me, that he would hear me doing that, and it also gives me sweet sorrow because I have such a deep need to connect. Yeah. Then what I'd like and you I to ruin it by going. Yeah, and I want to connect with you when you're going on. It's not that I want you to stop. I don't want to connect. I want you to stop because the words aren't helping us connect. Okay. So when you raise your hand, would you be willing to tell me? If you need a break, or no, you what I want at that time is I want the clarity of what you want from me at this moment and telling me that. And would you be willing to help me find that? I, so I, that I would be willing to do. If when I raise my hand, I'd be willing to guess what you're wanting to help you get it clear. How is that? Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. So it's not a time frame necessarily because it may take no. more than what oh. we did. It's, it's him. Or even if it's I'd like to tell you when I'm not really yeah. with you, and then I'd like to stop you, and but stop you for the purpose of helping you get clear what you want from me. And not to shut me up. That's the big important difference right there, is that yeah. it's his I need. Never, I never want to shut you up. It's yeah. when your words are getting us further apart that I want to shut to stop them. <laughs> Feels good. It does. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. I'm good with other people's partners. <laughs> Hi. Um, I need help solving.
solving a problem. My husband gives me everything that I need along with everything I don't need. He does everything for me. And I'm feeling sad because I need connection with him. And I don't feel that he tries to take care of his own needs. He doesn't voice well, say that to me. I'm the husband now. Say it in nonviolent communication. I am sad because I need connection with you. And I'm worried that your needs aren't being met. Don't end on a worry. End on a request. <coughs> I would like your needs to be met. That's a wish. What do you want from me right now? The, the present request helps us live in the now. See, we're not used to that. We're used to living in the past. We talk endlessly about what happened. We're thinking about what's going to happen in the future, but we don't know how to live in the only place that there is to live, in the now. So the request brings us back to now. So Can you help me know what to do to take care of Help him? is much too vague. What do you want me to do? If I say to my youngest son, I'd like you to help with the dishes, he interprets it as supervisor. <laughs> How are you feeling? I don't know. Are your needs being met? I guess. What can I do to make your life more wonderful? You're making it wonderful. Okay, I don't know what to do. <laughs> well, how does it feel to be unique? You're the only woman that has a husband like that in the whole world. <laughs> I hear many people don't trust that. No, this is uh, very frequently. So, let me put giraffe ears on this husband. happy that there's a way that I can try to meet your need by giving you, are you needing time and, and willingness of me to have compassion with you? I think the thing I need more than anything else is to just see clearly what a big gift it would be to you if I did that. And just the way you said it just before that, to start at that. The more I can really see how it would enlighten your life. Because, see, I somehow get the idea that my needs are some kind of weakness. Because as a man, I should be able to do things on my own. I shouldn't need any help from other people. So to come from that orientation to seeing my needs and feelings as a gift to you, that's, that's a, a large jump. Is that clear? Could you tell me back what you heard me say so I could see if I made that clear? That it makes you feel happy that you are meeting a need of mine to help you. Is that correct? No, that it 
that to hear my feelings and needs would be a gift to you. That's, that's like Mars. Because I'm starting from the cultural training. I shouldn't have any needs. If I'm a real man, I don't need anything from anybody. And then I certainly don't have any feelings like hurt, frustration, sadness, fear. So to hear that that would be a gift to you, that's a, that's a big stretch in my development to see that. So on a daily basis, how do I make sure your needs are being met? Remind you before, again? before we get to that, I need you to really hear this. So could you tell me back what you hear? This is really <coughs> important to me that you hear this. That it is a gift to you that I want your needs to be met. It's a gift to me. It, it's 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 shocking to me that you that it would be a gift to you to hear what my feelings would be. So you're feeling uncomfortable. It's just a shock. It's just, it's in one respect, so beautiful, but it's so different than what I've ever learned. I've always learned that man is Sir Galahad. It's me, my job to meet my wife's needs. So the idea that my needs could be a gift to you, that's, it's like another whole world. So it feels foreign to you. Pardon? It feels foreign to you. Yeah, thank you. It's it's beautiful. <coughs> I love it at one level, but it's kind of scary because it's just so different. So thank you for hearing that. How do you feel when I tell you this? I feel happy that to feel that my need for connection is going to be met. Wow, this is, I want to take that because just to hear that what I said was a gift is again, it's just hard for me to take that in. It's, I'm taking it in now. And this will help me to get the courage up to try to express myself more openly with it. Thanks. Yeah. Marshall Rosenberg. theme uh, today is on couples relationships intimacy I thought I would sing a tender love song that uh, a friend of mine wrote for her husband it's called I can always count on you yes I know I can always count on you I can always count on you to come up with something new Along about the time I think You've done all you can do to me You find another way To rip my pride away Yes, I know I can always count on you For some brand new humiliation Some well thought out and novel degradation you're a festival of pain And I keep coming back again Cause I know I can always count on you You tromped all around my mind 
at least a million times. I haven't got a dream unspoiled, not an idea left behind. You say my eyes are getting glazy. Well, Lord, your love has made me crazy. I know I can always count on you for some brand new humiliation. Some well thought out and not a degradation. You're a festival of pain and I keep coming back again. Cause I know I can always count on you. Isn't that a parallel song? <laughs>